Hello, everybody, and this is the Calgary Bros Football Podcast. I'm Uncle Phoebe, and he's Victor Speck. And uh, what's up, yo? Yeah, this is it. You know, we're trying to, you know, imitate uh, some of our legends of the, you know, of the. And uh, I think I failed woefully on that, but uh, it's all G. Um, kind of. <laughs> like... <laughs> Today we we have a very special 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 day for you guys. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna jump into it. It's been a hot minute since we you know come together and like uh, you know talk some football. Uh, but today we're we're gonna we're gonna do it up. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, just to kind of you know get things uh, uh, going. How've you been, bro? You had COVID. Yeah, I just recovered from COVID. Um, it's uh. It's been a struggle, <laughs> but this is, you know, this, is, this is the second time, eh? Uh, but this time was was it a lot easier than the first time? Um, it was. Um, I wouldn't say a lot easier, but more. Um, what do you call it? It wasn't. Um, it wasn't heavier than last time. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was more, it was more calm, but still had its effects, right? So, but uh, basically, like you know, I'm just happy to beat it, man, because I needed to go out, I needed to go play football, I needed to go do things, right? So, yeah, yeah, and I'm glad that it's finally pretty much over with, right? Yeah. So. No, it's crazy. crazy, you know. Like for the double vax, you know, it's just like five days of quarantine. Then if you have any more symptoms, then it's ten days. So yeah. I'm just staying. I'm staying hydrated, you know. Trying to drink a lot of warm stuff and you know continue my recovery process. I wonder yeah. how bad it will be when I actually go to play football. Yeah, and okay. then <laughs> then I will know for sure. Yeah. Well, it's all good. We're glad. We're glad you're doing. You know, you're doing okay, and uh, it's not uh, nothing too too crazy. But uh, you beat it before, and you're beating it again, right? So it's just uh, exactly for me. For me, COVID. Anytime I hear COVID, COVID kind of sounds like the new malaria. You know, back home when malaria hits you, man. God damn, homie, like you're out. It's, <laughs> it's a it's so funny. I was watching something the other day on Instagram, and it said COVID is uh, C for Corona, O for Omicron, I for Ehu, D for Delta. <laughs> so what's V? We don't know what V is. So another another variant is coming. <laughs> We're gonna probably call it Verona or some shit. Anyway, oh, uh, <laughs> Verona, uh, Verona, <laughs> Verona, homie. Um, cool guy. Well, we've got, like, as you said, uh, you know, I mean, I'm happy that you're recovered. But uh, as we said, we're excited to be on this show today because uh, today is a bit of a special show for us. Uh, as you guys all know, the African Nations Cup has been happening. Um, yeah. And we wanted to use the opportunity to bring forth, uh, you know, to talk about African football today because, man, I'm telling you, I know that, <clears throat> you know, you have your opinion about it. Uh, but uh, for me, and I have my opinion about it, this is hilarious because the last show, if any person had lasted in the last 30 minutes of the show, we basically, in a way, diss, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, we didn't diss it, but, like, for me, it was more like we were calling them out, right? Like, we're like, stop crying, stop whining, you know. 
if you want respect, you gotta win. And that's yeah. I, I would I will back that, you know, stuff all the way, all the way to to my grave. I'm gonna be like, hey, if you if you want to um uh, ask for respect, you gotta win. You gotta you gotta earn the respect, right? You can't right, just be right. you know wishing for it. So mm-hmm. um I'm a, I was uh I, I came in with all the fire, but uh today um I'm actually coming in with all the love because uh I absolutely love African football, man. Like, you know, this takes me back home and uh the games and all of that. Um it, I always joke with my with the kids. Uh, the soccer kids, uh, the kids I coach in football uh, uh, in my club, and I always mm-hmm. say, "Don't play African football. Don't play African football. You know, keep the play like Europe. You know, because Europeans, you know, they they they've cleaned up a lot of the footballing uh, style. And you know, if you if, if you want to even say, you can say that uh, 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 in a way, Africa, as you mentioned last time, Africa has won the World Cup with France. So." Yeah. Uh, uh, but for me, it's always about like, you know, be a lot more intelligent, stop messing about when you're playing football and all that jazz. Right. So um, <clears throat> uh, the, the, there's been some gaffes so far, like, you know, the usual gaffes in the in the eye of the world. Stage. Some people have taken some opportunity to make fun of African football based on some games that we've seen. Um, yeah. And then there's also been some like real exciting games, you know, that have been out there and there's some teams that we've been. Uh, quite uh, quite excited for. So today we're going to spend some time, you know, to talk about that. Vic has been, you know, I guess with COVID, it's kind of forced him to stay home and watch these games. Uh, um, so Vic, Vic is going to be our, you know, our main correspondent for a- uh, African Nations Cup today on today's review. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm excited to see how this one goes, man, because honestly, man, I'm excited about the tournament. I was excited about the tournament um and uh yeah so how's uh, let's get right into it how's the games been so far yeah the games have been good um from what i've noticed it seems like africa has really like started to clean up a lot of things um how they're playing especially um very evident in some games where um a lot of a lot of the um games all ended up 1-0 the only one that was different was Cameroon and Burkina Faso when they first opened up the the um, the tournament, right? Mm. And uh, Cameroon scored two goals. Uh, Cameroon got like they are they are dangerous, man. They are dangerous. They were down in that game and they came back to win two one. And then um, what do you call it? There's some really exciting games. Senegal struggled. They actually struggled a lot. You know, mm. from uh, from a guy from 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 the perspective where I thought, you know, Senegal would probably be, like, the next ones, like, right after Algeria won it last time, right? But uh, Senegal actually struggled. They actually struggled to beat Zimbabwe, and then they finally did it with a penalty in the 94th minute. So that was that was actually quite crazy. Um, Guinea beat Malawi, but, I, I'm like, those games are kind of, like, you know, kind of, like, hit or miss for me. But one one really surprising one was Morocco against Ghana, where Morocco, like, absolutely beat Ghana 1-0. And I think it should have been by with more goals, actually, for yeah. that game. Um, but why, why, came... would you, why would you say that game is surprising? Remember the last, in the last, uh, uh, what they call it, um, uh oh geez my head is uh drawing a blank here but in the last podcast i mentioned i mentioned that morocco is actually a very good 
they're one of the most exciting teams to watch. You know, the way they play football, very aggressive, very intense. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I was, I was, uh, uh, what they call it? Um, I was, uh, I wasn't surprised with the level of play from Morocco, right? Like I didn't watch the game, but I watched a lot of the highlights and I watched a lot of like sequences and uh-huh. level of play of Morocco. I was not surprised, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I'm just, uh, I was, uh, I don't know why you're thinking that's a surprise. But anyway, why would you think that's a surprise? Would you say it's because of the way Ghana played or what was it? Yeah, I think I think it was really because of the way Ghana played. And yeah, you would really expect more from, from the, um, what do you call it? Uh, what do they call it again? The Black Stars or something? Right? Yeah, yeah. Stars, yeah, yeah, they, yeah they, you really expect more from like the Black Stars and, but what they came out with was like yeah, Morocco just absolutely just dominated them, and I was like, "What's going on here?" But it was good to see, you know. Obviously, we know Morocco is a really good and a very talented team, but uh, still, Ghana is also a really good. It's also a really good African team, right? So um, to see them pretty much like fall to Morocco, but obviously they're the, they're the two favorites to come out the group, right? But um, that was definitely a surprising, a surprising for me, just based on the way like Ghana was playing in that. Um, but then Algeria, the 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 main dudes, the main the main main guys, the one who are like the Africa Cup of Nations champion, the defending champions, freaking yeah. the Sierra Sierra Leone. I can't even pronounce it properly. Sorry, Abu. I know Abu is from. From Sierra Sierra Leone, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, man, like it they they Algeria created so many chances, could not for the life of me finish him at all. Mm. And Sierra Leone stayed there. If you ask me, I would have said the game should have ended maybe like four zero for Algeria, <laughs> <laughs> like, but uh, the way that. You know, these guys were there. It just, I was like, okay, you know, that's that's pretty much it. Like, you know, if you can't finish your chances, then you can't win the game, right? So, mm. and then um, we'll go over to what do you call it? Um, uh, Obama Yang guys beat Comoros one zero. I mean, there was really Gabon. There. Yeah, Gabon. Yeah, Gabon beat uh, Comoros one zero, but. Obviously, with a name like Comoros, I didn't even know like they were serious in this. Honestly, this is the first time I've heard about of Comor- of Comoros. Uh, yeah. I was uh, I was a bit, um, uh, you know, I was like, who who is Comoros? Like, I, yeah. and maybe this is my ignorance, and I haven't been back home for a long time, so I don't know. But uh, Comoros is a uh, is interesting because it's a it's a nation that I've never really heard anything about uh, until this tournament, and I'm I'm curious to know more about them. So if any any listener knows about uh, Comoros, please uh, you know um, uh, uh, speak up and uh, uh, send us a message and let us know because I just did not I didn't know anything about these guys to be honest. Um, yeah. Uh, but in the meantime, though, you mentioned some of the games you were excited for. Like, so, 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 so far, uh, 
which game has really blown you out of the water? What, which game have you looked at and like, wow, you know, this is such a great game, intense, everybody's on their grind, you know, uh, have you had any of that? Um, honestly, I think it would be, um, what do you call it? The, uh, what do you call it? The Senegal game. And then, uh, um, Cote d'Ivoire as oh, well. Yeah. As well as Nigeria, Nigeria against Egypt. That was a good one. Mm. Um, okay. it was good to, it was good to see because obviously, you know, we're Nigerians, right? So that's oh, yeah. the main thing that I'm going to be supporting for the Africa Cup of Nations. But obviously, mm. there's some there's some dark horses there as well. But this okay. game, Nigeria against Egypt, holy cow, man. It was like, you. it was night and day from what Nigeria has been playing for like the past freaking three, uh, maybe two, three years, right? This was like completely different. And it's good to see because after, you know, Gennot Roy got fired and then... Uh, Eguaven came in. I like to call him Avocado because you know sometimes yeah. I don't know how to, <laughs> I don't want to pronounce his full name and shit. But you know, like it was good. It's good to see like the way Nigeria was playing. Like you couldn't yeah. see a lot of long balls, and the long balls they they sent off were definitely efficient long balls. It wasn't like just dump it and chase that. You know what I mean? Like like the yeah. usual Nigerian way. You know, like they actually settled down. They actually settled yeah. play passed the ball, went through the middle, uh, went through the wings when they needed to, sent the ball up to the strikers. Like, they actually controlled the play to the point where it was like, in the first minute, in the first uh, two minutes of the game, I was like, yeah, Nigeria is looking like they can definitely win this game. And then, when we were playing the game, I was like, uh, Nigeria should have won this game by more after the game ended, because I was like, this, there, were, there were a lot of chances. But another thing, too, was, like, how quickly and how fast they nullified, like, Egypt and isolated Salah. Now, mm. um, I want to I reach something. Obviously, you know, I always say Salah is the best player in the world, right, uh, right now, currently. Um, what I do want to say is Egypt messed up big time because they they saw a guy like Salah and they obviously saw him in Europe dominating and smashing goals in left, right, and center. And then they were like, huh, we need a goal scorer. We don't have a goal scorer. So why don't we go ahead and, you know, use this guy as the goal scorer? But mm-hmm. which, is, which was the wrong thinking. And I think African mentality needs to get away from this. Play your guy in the in the position that is more threatening to the other team. You know, if yeah. Salah was playing in the wings, you would have given Nigeria way bigger issues than him playing striker, where he starved of fucking creation, yeah. and he's usually the guy creating, right? So, yeah. but if you if you say play the guy where he's a threat uh, to the other other team, aren't mm-hmm. they? It's I, I can see where they're coming from to say, hey. Salah is a threat as a forward, yeah. so we're going to play him as the lone striker. Um, mm-hmm. where everything is, we're going to feed him the ball, and he's going to, you know, get the goals for us, right? Yeah. Wouldn't Wouldn't it be fair to say play him where he's most consistent in for his nation? I mean, sorry, for his club. I said nation for his club. Yes, yes, that's that's what I mean. Like, so play him as a winger. Don't play him as a as a what do you call it as a as a striker. 
He's not yeah. he's not experienced as a striker there. You know what I mean? Like they've tried this nonsense. They did it last uh what was it, last World Cup, right? It didn't work. Like it mm. didn't work. Like no matter how many times they're gonna try it, it's not going to work. So just play the guy in his wing position and let him create for the guy. Matter of fact, get somebody tall, tall, tall as hell, maybe like a six four dude, tell him to stay in striker and just run. Where Salah is ping the ball up there and he just has to head it in. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like maybe, those yeah, maybe 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 they're not blessed with the tall, you know, striker, right? Like you, you gotta also look I I mean <laughs> uh uh Salah, you know, I saw a funny tweet the other day, like uh, you know, uh Salah is waiting for football. Uh, from Trent Alexander Arnold, but it's not coming. Or a ball from Trent Alexander Arnold. <laughs> and literally, <laughs> that's what it that's what it looks like because he's yeah. just out there isolated and he has nobody to give him anything or to create anything for him. Because yeah. he's and usually the the creator and the finisher, you know. But it's like yeah. play him. I'm pretty sure Egypt has strikers. I'm sure they do, but who knows, right? What they were looking at. I'm I'm looking at it from their own perspective, right? You yeah. have to know who, who are you playing against on that. Who's who's Nigeria's defender? It's, it's Trust Ekong, and I think uh, is is it Kenneth Omeruwell? Yeah, Ken, Kenneth Omeruwell and Trust Ekong. Yeah, Kenneth Omeruwell and Trust Ekong, right? So mm-hmm. he's playing against that defense, and blimey, man, like Trust Ekong is not a good center back. Yeah, I, I don't mind for Nigeria or for African African nation stuff. He's not bad, but if you yeah. play a guy like Mo Salah against Trustekong, um, you you fancy your chances to get opportunities. And guess what? Salah did get a very good opportunity that he mm-hmm. scuffed because he was so starved of the football that eventually, when he got an opportunity, he, he didn't just, know what to do with it. He didn't know what to do. He was like, "Oh man, I have an opportunity. Oh yeah. wow, he's." Against Trust Econ, oh wow, I, I can score, and then he missed his chance. So yeah, and another, um, another thing, another thing that caused him to miss that chance as well was uh, he um, what do you call it? Uh, Okoye came out, which was good. He swept him, and he yes. came out, and literally when when he got there, then uh, he passed the ball. Um, what do you call it? He came out, and then uh, when Salah was trying to shoot the ball, Salah scuffed it, and then Okoye was already in front of his face. Yes. Right? Yes, so, so that was also yeah. good goal, goalkeeping from him. Yeah, they, uh, they, that I was shocked at how good he played. Like Nigeria has struggled with a lot of uh, goalkeepers, yeah, and uh, having Okoye there was just um, wow. I I was shocked. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, he actually. He, I mean, he didn't do anything that's like top notch level, but yeah. like he actually played well, and I was yeah. shocked with. Oh, yeah. that's pretty sweet but yeah no it also yeah. made sure that on Egypt I think on Egypt only had like one or two shots on target that was it mm. they didn't really have anything else man like you know like and we should have we should have scored more for sure I think the boys need to clean up their finishing absolutely um yeah. when uh that but that goal by Ihen Acho, oh my god and it was just, off, what, off the volley too yeah, yeah. I just, I just wanted to say one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you said uh, there was one statement you made earlier. It was about like Nigeria playing, or the way they're playing is, or the long ball was kind of like the Nigerian way or something. Look, 
Um, I don't really believe in all this DNA crap and yeah. you know the, uh, the, the 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 way of our team or blah 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 the way of our yeah, club. Right? Right? I, but one thing I know for sure is Nigeria. The way we've played football, we don't play football through long ball. Through you know if yes, long ball is if it's there, it's it's there. But Nigerian yeah. football has always been. A football based of high intensity, high power, and flair, right? Yeah. We, remember when JJ Okocha was, you know, man in the midfield? Obviously, we don't have JJ Okocha anymore, right? Like, yeah, and yeah. we haven't had that type of player for a long time, that type of playmaker. But, mm. but at least we should have evolved the way we play football, as in, you know, good passing, good mm-hmm. movement. We have a lot of technical players. Gernot Rohr, and I've seen some people come out and say Francis Egovin is, you know, we're gonna win this thing. I think Nigerians like we we like we like to get carried away. I think yeah, we just, they, need to, they need to relax. Yeah, but in the meantime, Francis Egovin has brought back hype that Gernot Rohr could not bring. I yeah. remember seeing, uh, you know, our team play against um, uh, 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 play uh, what they call it, um, uh, play with Gernot Rohr there. And some of the some of the football with Victor Osimen, uh, you know, Ihan Achor on the forward line. Sometimes what they call that guy, uh, Odia Nigalo. You know, sometimes yeah. it's some of the football that I have seen the, these guys play has been a tragedy. Like when yeah. you watch them play, you cannot. You're like, this is not a Nigerian team. Like mm-hmm. they don't. They every they they do two or three passes in the back, lump it long, long header. Is they're scrambling like it's just like ugly, right? Yeah, ugly. And maybe they get they get it's good to they, hold the football. Yeah, and then they get a they get a goal, and then we stop playing. Yeah, literally, we literally stop playing. We we go on the counter attack, and then guess what happens? We invite pressure, and the other team now takes the opportunity and puts us under severe pressure, either sometimes scoring, but because mm-hmm. of how good, because of how talented that team is. Exactly. They don't usually take advantage of it, or because of how weak the opposition is, they don't take advantage of uh, some of the the things we're doing. The yeah. stuff I'm seeing Francis Govan do, I'm like, this is what we're talking about. Brilliant. This is Nigerian football. This is it. As I said, I, I don't believe in any of that, but I know I know Nigerian Nigerian football. There's a lot of technical players. Some of the some of the stuff we see out here versus some of the stuff we used to see back at home. Everybody could play back home. Everybody, yeah. you couldn't mess around with anybody back home. Here, uh-huh. it's like, oh, you know, some people can't, some people can't, right? So, um, uh, but looking at this, Egovin is now recognizing the talent that we have and yeah. getting that rot of nonsense. Gonna like, gonna rot came out and said, like, oh, you know what? Uh, they they have um, uh, what they call it. Uh, uh, he came out and he said, uh, Nigeria doesn't have any star-studded players and like. Liverpool buying and all. I'm like, my guy. Like, it doesn't matter, man. They it don't doesn't need to matter. be in you know, Liverpool. Exactly. It can, it can be elsewhere. Exactly. It doesn't matter. Play the players that are very technical, and mm-hmm. if we get if we get pumped, we get pumped. Because I'll tell you what, we will go if we make it to the World Cup. If we don't make it to the World Cup, we're not going to put up like stellar numbers anyway. So it's yeah. either we play, it's either we play uh, 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 at least some good football. Get mm-hmm. some opportunities, put our opponents under pressure, at least try to win the game, then try yeah. to hold on to the result, right? 
So anyway, um, but I'm going to jump off real quick because I don't want us, you know, to stay, make this the Nigerian podcast. Uh, oh, no, but, but, we need, but we need to talk about so, some certain things that Nigeria did fuck up on this uh, before they started this shit by not submitting Dennis's papers on time. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was so unprofessional. Like, they need to get it together. Like, we can't have that. If it's the World Cup and you just lost that, like, Come on, man! Like you can't be yeah. doing nonsense like that. Then, yeah, they, 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 they try to they try to blame they try to blame Watford for that. You know the funny you know the funny thing, uh, um, when that happened. So Watford has been causing <laughs> mayhem on Twitter. They went they took Dennis Zakaria. So Dennis Zakaria came out and then he was like, you know, uh, shooting his doing his fingers like he was shooting something like pop 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 right yeah, yeah. And then they posted on the twitter and a bunch of nigerians like came out there like nigerians were so funny man so we came out there they were like thunder fire you like they were so <laughs> bad because, because he was because so, wafford just did not care man they don't just yeah. i don't blame them if you don't get the paperwork on time that's your problem they did the same thing uh oc man odian Igalo, and um uh dennis right no, so Osiman was good to go, but here's what happened. Osiman got, uh, he got COVID, oh, right? Yeah, yeah, COVID, so yeah. he caught COVID and then the Nigerians were like, ah, we don't want him. We're going mm. to, we're going to replace somebody else on the squad, right? Yeah. And I was like, okay, that makes a little bit of sense, but bro, COVID is one week, but I, I guess maybe they're not trying to wait that long to get him up to speed again and then have to mm-hmm. deal with all of it happening, right? So... Mm-hmm. So maybe it, it, it would have been a good decision, but I guess we'll see, right? Only time will tell. Mm-hmm. Definitely in the World Cup, Osimhen is gonna play for sure, right? Yeah. Like it's no, it's it's like a no brainer. Just now, they're just like we don't want the COVID thing here, and like you know, you caught COVID, so. But what's gonna happen if in the World Cup time comes, God forbid, and Osimhen catches COVID again? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. What are yeah. you going to do? Like, are you going to say, no, we're not going to bring Osman into the camp? You know, you'd be like, Osman can come after, you know, after he's yeah. recovered, he can join us, right? So, like, I think at this point right now, like today or maybe in the next couple, uh, next couple of days, Osman would have been cleared to come already. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. No, but it, it's Nigeria, man. Yeah. <laughs> We don't do things the easy way, man. You know, mm-hmm. we, we always pick the hard way. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the, the the main teams that that is looking so good right now is Cameroon, um, Cameroon, uh, Nigeria, and, and Cote d'Ivoire. I think. The really? Yeah. Really. Those are, the, those are the three teams to watch, and then um, oh, we can't forget about Mali and Tunisia. <laughs> Oh, no, don't worry, don't worry. We're gonna we're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to that. Don't worry. Hold that that one. We're we're reserving that. I don't want it to overshadow the whole. Uh, oh I think, thing, but uh, I know it was wild, man. But um, in the meantime, I actually just want to quickly touch on uh, Cameroon for a bit because Cameroon played against Ethiopia today, and yeah, they oh absolutely slapped them. Absolutely smashed them. At first, when Ethiopia scored, I was like, "Ooh, this is not looking good, guys." And then the next minute, they just were like, oh, my goodness. And if they keep up this uh, this level of intensity, like the way they 
they, they've been handling things. You yeah. best believe, my guy. You best believe that they're going to take this thing. Um, but uh, I have been impressed by them. I've absolutely been impressed by Cameroon. And the fact that they're, they're not scoring one, they're scoring two. Because so far what I've noticed with this tournament is if you score one goal, the rest of the teams don't have enough quality to come back and you know score. So some guys score early. Yeah. Right? They score early. They come in, they pump one goal, they pump two goals, they score early. And then in the next minute, they just sit on that lead. And they say, okay, come break us down. Let's uh-huh. see how much quality you've got to break us down. And as much as as much as uh, we can talk about, like, honestly, for me, I'm impressed by the level of play. I, I would say that. I always love dissing. As I said, I always love dissing African football and all that. So I'm like, oh, stop playing African football, play like real football. But I would say with this one thing, I am impressed by the level of play. Like the level of play that I've seen on the pitch from uh-huh. all these teams has been actually decent. The yeah. way they build up, the way they move the ball. You know what I mean? Like teams are actually trying to play the ball on the, on the ground. They're not trying to long lump it long every at every two seconds. So I really love what I'm seeing. Uh, but the thing is, uh, uh, the, the end product is lacking, right? Yeah. Guys are getting all the way to the penalty box and they're not putting it in the net. There's like no strikers, no forwards, right? They're not putting it in the net. They'll, like I've seen guys put up some beautiful crosses, beautiful passes. No, the shot, like this guy, the shot, they put it somewhere else. If mm-hmm. the end product was there, I can guarantee you'd be seeing games like 2-1, 3-2 because these guys, they're doing a lot of good stuff to get the ball to the, you know, opposition's uh, final third, but they're yeah. not they're that's the difference. The end product is just not there. So it, it hurts to see that. Um, but uh, uh, in, in it, I, I hope in the second uh, match days for these teams, they find like, you know, the scoring form because some of them, if I feel sad because they're actually doing a lot of good things compared to before. Before, back in the day when, when I used to watch these, it was just lump it long, header after header after header, see if you can get an opportunity. And there's nothing. They're not even getting to the opponent's box. And, mm-hmm. But this time, you're seeing a lot of teams get into the opponent's box, taking good shots, missing on a, on a sliver, um, or the goalkeeper saving it. Or maybe, they, I'm sorry, they're not taking good shots, but taking taking shots uh, is just the shots with low quality and they're not good enough. So yeah. hopefully it improves uh, uh, going into the second match day here. But um, on uh, Mali-Tunisia, you you watched the, the farce. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I don't know what the hell was happening here. Like Mali had chances, Tunisia had chances. Um, they couldn't bury it. They, you can tell that their shots were so bad, like it was off. But <laughs> like just like we said, the end product is lacking, right? On every on every team except Cameroon, maybe now. But mm-hmm. um, teams still have to play their second game, so we'll see how their finishing touches. Mm-hmm. Um. But the Mali and Tunisia game, this is something this is something I always this is another reason why people don't take us seriously, man. Okay. Because who in their right mind would do some stupid shit like this? Like so actually, Yeah, yeah, you go ahead. I, Mali, I, I actually have a counter to this, but you go ahead, yeah. Okay, so Mali goes, right? Uh, Mali gets a penalty. They score the penalty, right? Um, the game is going on. There's chances. Ball hits the post. 
Tunisia goes, they uh they get a penalty as well. Tunisia also gets a penalty. They miss their their penalties get their penalty gets saved, right? Yeah, yes. So yes, now yes. it's now it's, it's still one zero. Now they're battling. The 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 clock is at like seventy something minute. Um this I think the prior to this there was already like a couple VAR calls. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Then the 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 game was going on. It was well into his last ten ten uh ten fifteen minutes, or should have been. When did the red card happen? The red card happened at like eighty something, seventy something oh. minute around there. Yeah. Um. So basically, um, the the red card happens after he basically so <laughs> the ref. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, ref, the ref decided to blow the whistle for full time at the 85th minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think I think there's another there's another thing that kind of um that happened before this game. The game was delayed, right? The game mm. was delayed. So I think maybe what happened was this ref probably put his stopwatch on. Yeah. But I don't know exactly what happened, but you should be professional enough to know that there's a delay happening. Now you should readjust your time, yeah. bro. You have a pause time. And, and and honestly, like that's that's a big thing. But I was actually apparently this happened in a game, Sevilla against Granada. This actually happened. Really? Uh, they actually stopped, yeah, they stopped the game early. So a lot of people who are dissing African football but because of this, I think it's very naive. Um, I also don't, I don't know also sorry I, I, English is leaving my brain right now but I don't know if you guys remember there was it was a game where um, I think in the World Cup where a referee booked a player three times three yellow cards before they sent them off <laughs> yeah it, this happened in the 2006 World Cup so this stuff, this stuff happens now this referee though for the Mali Tunisia game, doesn't cover himself in glory because I, I saw something. I didn't go into it, but I saw something about corruption. And yeah, he's, he's, done it, he's done it before, I think, in the Côte d'Ivoire game. Yeah. And a couple of things were very dodgy. So the penalty yeah. that he got was so dodgy, man. Like, uh-huh. handball, I was just like, really? Like, the, the ball, the the body was the hand was close to his body in a way, but like yeah. it kind of. I kind of that one I kind of understand because that penalty that happened, I think it should have been a penalty because that, that's fine. That's fine. At first, it, at first I watched it and I was like, ah, no, there's not a penalty. Then I watched it and watched it over again and I was like, okay, yeah, this is a penalty for sure. And that's fine. That is very subjective. But then the yeah. second penalty, so Tunisia against like uh, gets their own penalty, and I'm like, dude. That ball literally <laughs> bounced off the ground and touched it. Where do you want his arm to be, bro? Yeah. Like, literally. Like it, so I was like, yo, man, this guy's starting to look a little bit sus, man. He's yeah. really kind of – he's starting to suss it up. Like, I don't know what's going on. And then that, like, stoppage happened. He comes back out later and then uh-huh. stops again. Like early, it's like, bro, what is going? And then, Yo, and you then have, blow- so you have no idea. So the eighty fifth minute, right? Yeah. The 85th minute, he blow, he blows the whistle. 
I know. That's what I said. Yeah. They stopped it the first time and then it stops it again. Yeah, so he blew it in the in the eighty in the eighty fifth minute. Everybody like, what the hell is going on with this dude? Then two yeah. minutes, two minutes later after that, fucking uh uh a challenge from uh Bilal to uh, Bilal Torre, freaking yeah. comes and I guess like the Tunisia player has the ball and they're both going for the same ball and he runs and he kind of just like taps him on his shin, but his studs were kind of up. He mm-hmm. gives a red card for this. Yeah, yeah. But but that but that but that call, I thought, I looked at it and I was like, I I don't see any problem with it because exactly way, exactly. Yeah. So now here's the here's the funny part. VAR tells him to go and check the freaking camera. He, he looks no. at it, he watches it, and he leaves his decision. And I'm like, this guy is definitely nuts. <laughs> like, no, but I'm like, he, left his, he left his decision as a red card, though. Yeah, he left his decision yeah. as a red card. But I'm like, that's not a red. Yeah, I know. But, like, when you're showing your studs, though, that's, yeah. that's you're leaving that to the referee's interpre- uh, interpretation. Interpretation, that's yeah. You. Yes, that's absolutely. You. But so, the way the way he ran up and he just kind of like it was like a light tap. It's not even anything crazy, but whatever, that yeah. happened. Yeah, the VR the VR told him to check it because obviously if VR is telling you to check it, they definitely know that that should not be a red card. But yeah. you know, like he looked at it and he he stood by his decision. He's like, okay, let the game go. And Bilal is is on is red carded. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. The game is going on. I'm like, okay, so then they're now that the commentators are talking about, oh yeah, so now we're hearing that it's gonna be about uh four to um four uh three, four minutes of stoppage time, plus we have to add the VAR time, so probably about five minutes in the in the stoppage time. And I'm like, yeah. okay, okay. I'm like, so there's another five minutes of this craziness that's gonna go down. And I'm like, okay, I'm all here for it. I'm here <laughs> for it, you know. And then all of a sudden, it's like the 89th minute, 89:55. He mm. blows the whistle again. Yeah. And he calls it full time. Then the Tunisia guys come out and they're like, yo, yo, are you not watching the time, bro? It's not even like 90 minutes yet. And he's like, he, he stands by his decision. He's so serious, man. Like, he's so freaking serious. So now Mali wins the game. Um, then they leave and they go out. Um, AFCON calls and they're like hell no we demand that this match be fucking finished you know yeah. <laughs> like, like it's not gonna go down like that like at least finish the match go out there mm-hmm. and play the remaining stuff each time everybody comes out Mali comes out the ref comes out Tunisia doesn't they say fuck it and they yeah. just like stay in their dressing room they're probably mm-hmm. just They'll probably live it at this point. Like I can't, I can't believe this shit. Like this is what's happening. They want to go and finish this stupid match. <laughs> and basically, yeah, that's how it ended. Mali won one year. Yeah, I, 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 I love it. You know why I love it? I absolutely dislike Tunisia. <laughs> I, I do not like that team. I cannot stand them. Yeah. Tunisia always just, just for any person who doesn't know, just. You're watching African football. You're seeing them create chances. You're seeing them do other stuff, bro. Let me tell you something. The moment Tunisia starts to face an actual proper, you know, side that can mess with them, they cave in and they play some of the worst haram ball I've ever seen, man. <laughs> they park the bus. 
They don't do anything. And then the next minute, they get that one chance. That one bloody chance. They're like, they're like uh, an African Burnley. You know, African yeah. Burnley, African Stoke City. That is what Tunisia is. They would just not do anything whatsoever mm-hmm. in a game. And then they would just sneak in and one nothing win in the most disgusting fashion. And they would walk away. <laughs> it couldn't have happened to a better team. It couldn't mm-hmm. have happened. But seriously, these guys will somehow find a way to make it to the World Cup and it will get pumped by everybody because they don't know how to play football. And, mm-hmm. you know, even to add on top of it, Mali is my dark horse. I love Mali, man. I love yeah, Musa Mali, 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 Mali is my dark horse as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow, that's crazy. I love Musa Jenopo. I love um, uh, Marega. I love Ives uh, Bisuma. Uh, I love these boys. Uh, yeah. I think I, I think the other guy is Haidara, Madhu Haidara. I mm-hmm. absolutely love them. I watched them in the last African Nations Cup, and to me, they they lacked quality. But what they had was they played like high intensity, aggressive. They get they get their boys right in on you, man. Like you you're not gonna agree. They're not gonna find space. They're not gonna find some time. They play heavy metal football, and also the, one of the guys that I love a lot uh, that I used to play back in the day. I think it was Konate, either, uh, either Keita or Kano, uh, I think it's Keita or something. I can't remember his name. Uh, he played for Barca for a little bit. I think he played for Sevilla too as well. Um, I, I love those boys. So they came from Mali and, you know, they they, they moved over into the, uh, 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 you know, they they, 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 play for, they they play for Mali back in the day and they, they retired. So I absolutely love Mali. Mali is like my my go-to African team every single time. I don't think they've made a World Cup. I would love to see them make a World Cup just so I can watch them on the biggest stage. And I think they will scare a lot of teams because a lot of teams will be surprised the amount of talent these guys have. Um, But uh, for Tunisia, I just was so happy because these guys, they play one of the worst type of football and they try to get away with it. They always try to get away with it. And this time, you know what? I'm sorry. The Lord was on your side, boy. So take your L. Hopefully, Mali goes through all the way, and uh, you know you guys uh, uh, sit down and uh, uh, get out of the next round because I'm I'm just tired of seeing Tunisia. I just don't like that team. I really don't. <laughs> I'm not a fan of them. Um, but man, like so, yeah. So you're saying dark horses. Okay, let's get right into it about the teams. Dark yeah. horses. You're saying Mali, right? Mali. And Ooh. maybe, maybe, maybe Sierra, uh, Sierra Leone, bro. Like, to win? No, Sierra Leone. No, not, not, not to win, not to win, but to cause problems. Nah. When we talk about dark horses, we're talking about dark horses to win the tournament. We're not talking okay, about then, dark Mali, horses Mali, to cause Mali, no problem. Mali, then. So Mali, Mali is my dark horse too. So Mali's your dark horse. Um, with that, so which team would you say then will take it all the way? That would take the the Africa Cup of Nations. Yeah, if Nigeria keeps playing like this, yeah, I, I can see them doing it. Really, but, Nigeria? Eh? Yeah, like Nigeria. Nigeria is hungry, man. Like you know that that sent a statement when they fired Gennaro, Roar, right? Yeah, they're hungry. Like they want to do something. They they feel like it's been too long since they've been there. But Cameroon is also looking good. Like I said, you know, those those three teams that I mentioned earlier, Cameroon. Nigeria and and Ivory Coast. Mm. Okay, so uh, uh, Cameroon and Ivory Coast and uh, uh, Nigeria. <laughs> okay, if, uh, I, if, I, if, if Senegal cleans up their act, maybe they can be in there as well. But 
they should not be. So what what happened? What happened with Senegal? They just couldn't finish, man. Like they it's were so just like, we they were just like they were just like Algeria. But the thing is, Algeria tied. You know, Senegal won, yeah. right? Yeah. So those are the two differences. But um, man, the way the way Senegal won, man, I I really felt sad for Zimbabwe because that last minute penalty did not look like it was a penalty, to be honest. Oh yeah. Yeah, it, it didn't feel like a penalty. It felt like uh, something else, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, uh, the For me, I, I, I'm I not going to put Nigeria just yet. Just because I think the change, yes, they had a change. You know, mm-hmm. they're getting, it's almost like the new manager bounce, right? They're getting that new manager bounce. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I, I want to see more. I want to see if what we saw was a fluke. Uh, what was his name? Was this Simon? Can't remember. Was Moses Simon? Yeah, he ran the game, bro. He ran the game. Yeah, Moses Simon was exciting. But I'll tell you something. Everybody else watches watches what's going down, right? Like they they yeah. kind of see what's happening. Um, yeah. so they made uh, the the next teams. I can't remember who Nigeria is playing next, but the next team I'm suspecting that they're gonna, you know, maybe it might be Sudan or whoever else. But I'm suspecting that we're gonna be um, they're gonna lock down. Uh, 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 Simon. The, my only my thing is if they lock down Simon, maybe Chukwueze could be the next guy because Chukwueze didn't have a good game, but you know, no, against, no, he didn't. He didn't at yeah. all. Yeah, but against Guinea Bissau or Sudan, I feel like people may kind of say, "Oh, Moses Simon is the guy to lock down," and then all of a sudden Chukwueze will be a little bit free to do his thing. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see how that happens. But right. for me. Uh, Nigeria, not yet. In time, maybe maybe they could be they could be that team. Um, the, like said, they, they, they keep playing the, the way that they are. Yeah, they we just be there. Big favorite. Yeah, exactly. But for me, Cameroon, Cameroon by far are the biggest favorites. They're the ones hosting the tournament. They're the ones who are scoring the goals. They are they they are putting finishing. Those guys, bad. Yeah, yeah, they're putting finish into their end product. They are beating teams they should beat. Right, yeah. remember what we always say: you gotta mm-hmm. beat the teams that you should beat. Right, they're uh-huh. beating the teams they should beat. They're working them, and they're and they're doing it in like in good fashion too. They're scoring, mm-hmm. and that's they're, the already, they're already they're already into the next round. Yeah, exactly. Right, they're yeah. the first team already into the next round. They have the backing of their fans, but the one but I would say is their defense. That their yeah. defense looks dodgy, man. Like yeah, that's, they, what they, that's that's what that's why I picked that's why I picked Nigeria over them because like watching watching the way Nigeria's defense played and yeah. how they stifled everything compared to Cameroon's, I was like, but Cameroon has the attacking prowess, that's for sure. You can't deny them. Oh, but um, what do you call it? Uh, on Onana has been shaky too. I don't know why, but I guess oh, it has something to do with his uh 10 month ban or something. Apparently, he yeah, got yeah. banned for 10 months from football yeah, for, yeah. for a slight mistake that he made with his wife's pills, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, but yeah, no, he, he's looked dodgy, but I think it's okay. Uh, I think he'll come back into form. My only thing is just will the defense come because the defense looks off, man, they really yeah. do. Um, yeah. so it's something it's something we we have to we have to take a look we have to take a look into. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the one team that I think not a lot of people because Senegal for me Senegal and Algeria for me are still very intense very strong teams right they 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 still should be in the running. I think mm-hmm. Cameroon will either win it, but I think another team that a lot of people will sleep on is Morocco. 
Oh yeah. Don't sleep on them. Everybody there can play football. Like a team that looks and just says, Ziak, stay home. That freaking boggles my mind because that's because, that's because he had issues with the coach, right? Or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. Yeah, I get it. But I would I, I would have expected that, hey, you know, we're gonna find a way to get this guy on because Ziak on the team is is you know, would give you a lot of there's a lot of advantages there. But watching what yeah. but watching what they did without Ziak, the chances uh-huh. they were creating, I was like, and against a good ish Ghana team, yeah, I was like, huh, maybe people should look at Morocco a little bit. And Morocco, the Moroccans, they're they're the Brazilians of uh, of African football. If you don't agree, yeah. go suck it. You know what I mean? But yeah. <laughs> they the Brazilians, them, them and uh, and Algeria, both of them. Algeria, not anymore. Algeria plays uh, some. They're they're starting to you know follow their Tunisian brothers, you know, with some Haram football here and there, but. But they actually, I, Algeria actually plays better than Tunisia. It's just the way they played is just you know I, I, they 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 go Mares and inshallah. And I don't like that too much. It's you know they gotta mix it up a bit, right? But um, uh, uh, for me, for me, it's uh, it's uh, Morocco and, and Cameroon. I'll say watch out for these two teams, Morocco and Cameroon. They look like my pick to win the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you're saying Cote d'Ivoire and. Uh, uh, Nigeria and uh, but for me it's it's, it's Morocco Morocco and uh, Cameroon are kind of my big my big picks. Mm-hmm. Um, now last thing want to cover last before we jump over away from these. Who are your darlings so far? Who are the teams that you're like? You know what? I don't know too much about this team, but I'm kind of happy seeing what they're doing right now. Uh, I don't really think I have one to be honest. Maybe Sierra yeah. Leone, like you mentioned. Oh yeah, Sierra Leone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. They, 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 they look like the guys that can definitely nullify um a lot of people. Hmm. My, 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 and Mali, I think. Yeah, Mali. Okay. Well, Ma- Mali has always been my darling, but I would say my my little darling is uh, Sudan, and I don't know why, but uh, I just you know the thought of seeing Sudan and after all the things these guys have gone through and in this tournament, right. And mm-hmm. seeing them kind of a big, big deal for me. And I don't know if a lot of people know this, but in, in actually in Calgary football, uh, the Sudan national or the guys who represent the either South, is it South Sudan? The guys who represent South Sudan yeah. and, and even the Sudan teams mm-hmm. are usually, they usually are the ones who play some of the best football and sometimes they win the whole tournament. I think at one point it was between the two of them. They were winning yeah, Sudan, it. Sudan was killing it over here. Yeah. South, so, South Sudan. And then South, Sudan came up after. Yeah. So the, the, to see, to see, um, and I know, I know these are, you know, South Sudan and Sudan are kind of like, War torn, and you know they they have beef and all that. So, uh, mm. but to, but to see them on a uh, to see Sudan at least a representation of uh, Sudan itself uh, in some shape or form uh, in this tournament is is a good feeling. It's a good thing to see them there, and I'm just happy. I'm I like I like seeing a good mixture, and hopefully, um, hopefully, it uh, football takes away some some of the pain uh, that uh, these these guys are dealt with within the country and. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and, and in, in some way, cause sometimes, you know, you, you have people who, who, who will root for them, 
And even yeah. though, like, you know, they have bad blood in a way, uh, but hopefully it unites uh, them in a footballing sense. So it was nice to see Sudan, um, you know, do their thing. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I hope we beat them handsomely, but I also, uh, they're my darlings. Because <laughs> uh, at the end of the day, regardless of how much Nigeria pisses me off, I always want Nigeria to win, so. Yeah, of course. Uh, Cool, man. Um, uh, yeah, I think that is uh, mostly that on the on the uh, African Nations Cup that we covered so far. We're gonna be keeping an eye out for them throughout the podcast, uh, sh- uh, our show, and we'll be giving you guys some updates and some nuggets as we go. Uh, uh-huh. But um, let's go. Let's let's see how things uh, go for that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Now we're back to the Premier League. Um, well, our clubs, uh, Chelsea and Manchester United. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to kind of jump on onto uh, Manchester United real quick because I don't really, um, I I want to address something. So there's been a lot that has happened, and <laughs> time flies, but football is such a you know quick thing, and there's a lot kind of happened uh, for yeah, Manchester yeah. United. They're saying they're saying there's a whole bunch of breakdown right now between players, um, a lot of problems, a lot of issues. I'm hearing too. Yeah, but of course, there's a lot of issues. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's a lot of issues. Now, I don't want to go too much into it because there's a lot of people who have covered this stuff. If you want to go and read or listen into what's happened, in fact, unless you've been under a rock, you know, you probably know a lot of what's going down with the mm-hmm. whole. Uh, with this, with this whole thing. And um, uh, the way I want to put things into perspective is, uh, uh, for me, uh, when it comes to the whole, the, the, the whole thing, I don't, I don't really want to get into, like, who, who's doing what, who's doing wrong. But in case you don't know, <clears throat> um, there's about the, – the rumor is there's a, there was about 15 to 17 players that were upset and they're not happy. And mm-hmm. the way I look at it is, of course, they're not happy. Manchester United have been sucking for the last little while, and, yeah. they, and they and they are now under the microscope. So they are reacting poorly based off that. Um, mm. For me, it's 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 as simple as night and day. Um, you know the the it's simple as, it's as simple as night and day. And uh, uh, if you're not happy, that's that's on you. Like at the end of the day, you have agents, you have opportunities right now to move and get out of the club. That mm-hmm. is on you. You should be either forcing a move and trying to get out if you want to get out. If you don't want to get out, you can stay. But as yeah. I said, there's a ton of people who've covered that stuff. I don't want to really get into it because I think it's just unnecessary noise. But the one thing I just wanted to speak to, one thing I wanted to speak to was the Ronaldo situation. Yeah. So a lot of people, uh, some of the news have come out, you know, Ronaldo is not happy. Some people, Ronaldo's come up and said, you know, hey, um, I'm 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 doing good. I will always back the the manager, and I'll always do my best for the club. Uh, I want to get this club into top three. Blah blah blah. He's doing. He's saying what he what you know what he's always done. And there's also apparently being some beef between um uh what they call it uh Harry Maguire and Ronaldo. This idiot yeah. Harry Maguire and Ronaldo. So <clears throat> um so for me, look. Reason why what, the one thing I want to say is I have been on this show and I've come up and I said you know what we don't need Ronaldo blah 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 and here's my reason from a footballing perspective I think it was not a player that we that we needed we could have gone to somebody else yada 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 mm-hmm. right 
But I will say this one thing. <clears throat> I, Looking back at all this stuff, Ronaldo is the best thing that could have happened to Manchester United right now. He's the best thing. And people will be like shocked because you guys have all heard my opinions in the past about the whole uh, recruiting yeah. Ronaldo thing and how I could have, we should have gotten a central midfielder and blah, blah, blah. But he's the best thing that has happened. Why? All of because a sudden. Put pressure on the, on the club and the team. Thank you. Thank you. And the standards that we seem to have lost, all of a sudden, people are recognizing that we need we need those standards back. Mm-hmm. They recognize that Ronaldo has brought... No, not that we need those... Of course, we need those standards back, but they recognize that Ronaldo has forced the hand of a lot of coaches, players, teammates, you know, uh, whoever, to step their game up to play for this club. Mm-hmm. And... For me, looking at the whole thing, I am fully 100% behind Ronaldo all the way. There have been a lot of passengers, wussies, silly boys that, you know, that, that uh, throw everybody else under the bus but don't take responsibility. There have been a lot of that. And now, guess what? Big Boy Ronaldo has come in and he's telling you, hey, step your game up. And you have the audacity, the audacity to, like, you know, think that you – that who is he to tell you anything? You know, people were complaining like, oh, you know, Ronaldo, uh, uh, they don't even listen to Ronaldo. I'm like, this guy, you're listening to one of the greatest of all time. And I hate to use that phrase because I'm not a fanboy of Ronaldo. Like, I'm not a yeah. fanboy of Matthew or Ronaldo. But I hate to use that phrase. But he is arguably one of the greatest of all time. You, He is in that room with you and he's telling you how to level up your game. And you you have the balls to criticize the 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 ideas or not to pay attention to the ideas that he's giving you. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So for me, f all these players that think that they're better than him or they think that you know if Maguire is having beef with him, Maguire needs to get the fuck out, man. Like in fact, he should have gotten out, gotten the fuck out like earlier. Yeah. More than ever, he needs to get out. I am tired of these dumbass players, man. I've been saying this. I keep saying it. You're not United will not get anywhere until these players get moved on. I've been saying this for a while. The so-called rebuild that we said we're gonna be that we're doing right now is one of the stupidest, wishy-washy, dumbass rebuilds from that from from I don't want to call him names, but from Ole, right? Yeah. Ole Ole brought some of these useless players and then made some of these silly players feel good about how uh uh about about uh uh, their football when they did nothing really. They haven't achieved mm-hmm. anything. They haven't accomplished anything. Mm-hmm. So, so for me, I am hundred percent behind Ronaldo. Look, I've always said Manchester United come first. Yes, it does. But in this case, Ronaldo comes first because he is the one that is now forcing these guys to level up. If you don't want to level up, get out. If you don't yeah. want to level up, get out. And the other thing too, I like that he said. He came out and he said, "You know what? Ragnik needs more time." Look, I I personally think, um, you know, how much time does a manager need? Um, But I I will say Radnick is the one digging his own, you know, uh, uh, grave, if you want to call it that. But Radnick is the one causing his own problems from my own perspective, because he has other options that he's choosing not to use. And that's on him. I don't, I don't, don't, no matter how much I love him, no matter matter how much I, I thought or, 
I not that I love him, no matter how much I thought he was gonna bring a lot into the club, it's all on Ragnick. If he not 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 all of this stuff, but in terms of the football and what we're seeing on the pitch, that's on you, man. Like you you at the end of the day, your reputation has to mean something. And and you have to play the players that 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 will help your reputation. If you keep playing McTominay and Fred, that's on you. If you keep playing Harry Maguire, that's on you. That's mm-hmm. not enough. That's on you, right? So for me, I am just done. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I, I like the fact that Ronaldo did that because then he, he quelled a lot of the stupendous rumors that were coming out. Oh, Ronaldo doesn't believe in Ragnick and blah blah blah. It's only been five games, guys. Like the players cannot be complaining about like Ragnick. And some of them were complaining. As a fan, yes, I can complain about Ragnick. As a player, shut up because. He just That's got there. He's only, he's only done five games with you guys, and you guys need mm-hmm. to shut up and freaking respect what he's telling you to do, mm-hmm. right? Respect. And if he, and if it fails, if it fails, then that Ragnik is going to take the heat. We, the fans, are going to give Ragnik the heat. As a player, don't give Ragnik the heat. That's on you guys. Yeah, that's on you guys. You guys need. You guys have. You guys have been. Uh, have been. Uh, a, a terrible in the in the last five six whatever how long it's been right and that's all on you guys that's not on Radnick that's not on him Ole the old players that have been there that's on them and if they mm-hmm. want to leave that's up to them let them leave let them go you know I have no problem with the player going in fact some of them I want them to go I want mm-hmm. them to go and do something else but anyway in the meantime nobody should be slagging off Ronaldo man because for me Ronaldo has set the standards from a football, I can argue all day from a footballing perspective about Ronaldo's impact, but I will never argue any day when it comes to the standards and the levels that he sets for not only himself, but the club that he plays for. Mm-hmm. That's my own two cents. Right. Cool, man. I don't know if you have anything else to say to that, but that's it. That's I'm not gonna I'm gonna say anything else. I said people can go watch whatever. YouTube stuff they want to say uh, or, or or whatever people have been reviewing on this. But for mm-hmm. me, that's it. Ronaldo is right. Everybody else needs to shut the fuck up. That's it. Yeah. Cool beans, man. Um, anything you want to add to it or you're good? Oh, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good with that. That, makes, that makes sense. So, you know, they need to they need to listen and they shouldn't be complaining like you know everything just started right now so um now is the time pretty much for Ragnik to come in and and put his systems in especially with the break that they just had right so mm-hmm. um he should be working on the training pitch with all of them and if they're complaining then they're just not they're not worthy of wearing the shirts or or playing for the club like uh, like Manchester United they should leave and go somewhere else right yeah no, you know, and this is why, this is why for me, um, uh, I wanted to say something uh, uh, regarding Chelsea. Because Chelsea, for me right now, is the club that has, you know, elevated and started and, and changed their standards. Because before, clubs will agree, the, the club will agree with the players, yeah. right? And yeah. the next minute, you, you hear, oh, no, the manager is getting sacked, right? Now... Yeah. Well, after the Lukaku saga, from top down, the club, they clamped down on that thing so quick. They back to cool, the back. I was like, is this the Chelsea that we used to see before that where player power was a big thing? And then they mm-hmm. were now like, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, 
uh, after a while, the, the, the manager is a sitting duck. No, not anymore. Chelsea really now is like, look, man, it's either you behave or, you know, uh, 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 Tuku has every right to bench your ass. And the mm-hmm. next minute, Lukaku came out and did a video where he apologized. Yeah, he said, I'm sorry. <laughs> the video was kind of funny, though. It was kind of funny. Yeah. But it's still, like, uh, it was good to see, you know, that way um, um, he he respected and he understood the situation that he was in. Yeah, and he, he noticed that he needed to fucking do that video and apologize and all that. Yeah, but yeah, like if if you see right, see what I'm saying, right? Like um, Chelsea, Chelsea really has like started to like elevate the game with this stuff. Like when it comes to their managers, they know, like yeah, maybe the manager they're gonna fire him in two years, but they're like, hey man, you know what? The manager is the one we're gonna back. If if the results on the pitch are terrible. He was also on the pitch are terrible, but at yeah. the end of the day, we'll back him. Now, and and if he's and if it's and if it, and if it's not good enough, we'll fire the guy. That's the mm-hmm. way it is. We'll fire him. And the one thing I wanted to bring up with that is, uh, uh, I remember one, one one we had an argument the other day with um, one of the group chats, and somebody was saying United has the most toxic fan base and blah 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 and all this jazz. And I said one thing, and I said that is not the fan base's fault. Yes, I blame the fan base for a lot of things. We mm-hmm. we glo- we glorify mediocrity. We glorify shitty players like Rashford. Now they're trying to sign him on a new contract. Who does that, right? Um, uh, uh, we 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 want it. We want we want the glory days so bad. We're willing to like do anything. You know, we're mm-hmm. willing to we're willing to find a messiah. You know, to uh to come in and do do it, and we will follow a, follow an idiotic satanic man all the way to the grave if if it kills us because we, we love United so much and we think this is the savior, which is not the right way to do things. Right. But the thing is, Chelsea knows how to unite their fan base. Because before that, I was, before all of this stuff, I was seeing like, what they call it, uh, uh, when Lampard was here, you know, people were always Lampard in, Lampard out, all this crazy stuff. Um, there was beef all over the place. There was, you know, fans just attacking each other. And then Abramovich just came in, canned the guy, brought in Tuko, a coach that's competent. What ended up happening is you guys won a trophy. I've mm-hmm. never seen Chelsea fan base more united. I have never seen it. Usually it's Chelsea fan base that are always bickering, toxic yeah. AF. Yeah. Now it's united because the united fan base needs a, a board or a management that can unite them. Right? If a manager if if a if a manager comes in, starts winning, wins a trophy, watch everybody, everybody will shut up. If mm-hmm. if any person you all this Donny FC, Marshall FC, uh, 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 Bruno FC, Rashford FC, you will not see them anywhere. You will see Manchester United Club FC. And it comes down, it comes down to the management to unite the fan base. You mm-hmm. guys show know how to do that shit. I, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm blazed by you guys. The way you guys handle this stuff, I was like, wow. Lukaku came out and apologized. I could not believe it. I was like, wow, man. So, you know, you guys are doing it right, man. That's what I got to mm-hmm. say. You're doing it right. Yeah. That's how it is, man. You know, when you're, when you're the top club right now in the world, you know, you got to, you got to do those type of things. 
you know you have to you have to make sure that things are circulated properly you have to make sure that nobody's disrespecting anybody you have to make sure there's respect there even in some decisions um and as well like you know obviously there'll always be there'll there'll be some disputes about like you know what what's there to happen and what's what should not happen or what should happen but mm-hmm. at the end of the day you know as you as long as you come together as a club and you know make those decisions and understand why those decisions were made and uh, it just makes everybody grow right exactly cool man um you guys also played over the the week uh against uh Tottenham and you guys are through to the uh Carabao Cup final yes we are we're going through um it's perfect now cuz this title has been evading us for like the past 5 years <laughs> <laughs> so we can actually go for it again. The last time we were there was when uh when Sari was here and we had to face Man City in the finals where Kepa put those antics. Um it was good to see. The game against Tottenham was uh what do you first the first leg was like very good. Second leg I felt like it was more of an experimental thing because we were already up like 2-0. Then um, we basically had like uh, an area where it just started to get a little bit. Um, comp- I don't know if it, if I will use the word complacent or maybe we got too comfortable. And uh, Tottenham, we're we're growing into the game, and you could definitely see it, right? Um, we had that one, uh, the one tackle, but Kepa was brilliant, man. Kepa has been brilliant. This past, like, ever since he's been, like, the number two for Mendy, he's been absolutely, like, unstoppable. And um, he did something that, <laughs> like, most people wouldn't expect. I guess, like, Harry Kane got played the ball, right? And Kepa was already out. Somebody, I, I don't know if it was Jorginho, somebody made a really bad pass. And uh, Kepa came out, um, the ball went over to Tottenham. And what Kepa did was when Harry Kane um, was outside, he ran up to the guy who was going to pass the ball to Harry Kane and he pretty much like put him offside. (laughs) So when he passed the ball, Mm -hmm. he was offside. There was three VAR checks um, yesterday on the game, right? One for a penalty, they didn't give it. Actually, two for penalties. And then one was uh, the goal that Harry Kane scored, but got wiped off because VR was like it's offside, and that was based on what Kepa did, and coming out and basically forcing the player offside, which was brilliant. Because as soon as, as soon as he, yeah, uh, as soon as the ball got passed to Harry Kane, Kepa raised his hands up. It's offside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And the defender was like um, on the line, basically on the line, and Harry Kane was above that defender because. There's the, there's that weird rule in uh in football. I forget what it is, but when a keeper comes out, um, uh, basically you can make another player offside from the opposing team, right? Yeah. Based yeah. on if the pass gets played, right? So which is why usually when players are in their uh, when keepers are in their on their line, it's easier to not have those type of situations pop up. But it actually popped up against Tottenham, so mm-hmm. that was that, that was so funny. I and mean, Tottenham had. Two shouts for penalty and nothing, you know, like so we pretty much like stifled it. Um Toko ended up playing a four two 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 in the second half. <laughs> I don't know if he was trying to show Ragnick who played a four two two. Yeah. 
you know, trying to show Ragnik how to play the four two two, but like you, you just need personnel to play that formation pretty much, right? And uh yeah. he did it. You know, we played a four two two two. It was still a little bit kind of weird, but you know, we pulled it off. We're off to the finals and uh yeah, Wembley, here we come for another title. That's yeah. now Tuchel has now um it's unbelievable his stats right now. He's led Chelsea to four is it four or three three titles, every single title right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, except like the Prem, right? But he's actually gone to every single final. He's going to a FIFA Club World Cup next, right? So mm-hmm. looking good, man. It's looking good. As long as and now our players are returning. Um Rudiger was immense as well in this game. We have a whole bunch of players that are back. Kante seems to be ready to go again. So here we go, City, on Saturday. Let's see. Nice. Yeah, well, that will be uh, quite a quite a big game. And uh, curious to see uh, what um, uh, what you guys do. Um, mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm actually uh, quite, um, what do they call it? Uh, I, I, I can't call this one because after the showing that, uh, you know, City had against um, uh, Arsenal. Arsenal. It, they looked yeah. a bit off. Uh, yeah. So, and, but the only, and, and now Chelsea has also gotten back, um, you know, Lukaku back again. And yeah. I have a feeling that Lukaku really will want to, he, he's trying to, he's trying to appease the fans again, right? So yeah, he's gonna, he's, his performances are pretty much like a sorry to the fans, you know? Yeah, and he's, yeah. Playing, he's playing out of his mind right now, so he yeah, to keep that up, keep that, keep that form, and we can use it in City for sure. Yeah, so I, I think, I think, uh, I think he's gonna be, um, uh, what they call it. I think he's gonna really be key for you guys, and uh, uh, where we'll, we'll see how things go. Honestly, for me, I really want a title challenge this year. And I'm trying not to count out Chelsea because I picked them to win it, um, even though that sounds disgusting. And I, I don't want uh, I don't want anybody except Manchester United winning. But I'm just I don't want a City team to win. I, I really would like to see a Chelsea team win. So we'll see how it goes. Maybe they will capitulate. Maybe they won't capitulate. Yeah. Uh, um, I, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm, 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 I'm having a feeling that uh, Chelsea will really come out the blocks on this game and. And and potentially they may they may they may you know you guys may be able to like sneak a win out of this it will be tough it will be difficult but yeah. uh, maybe uh, let's reference the game against um, uh, Arsenal as our guiding stick for what's okay. uh, possible from your team. Absolutely. I mean, well, so it was possible was possible from City and yeah. the Liverpool game as to what's possible from Chelsea team because you know Liverpool I guess Liverpool you guys will. Well, fire that game. It was a very firecracker of a game. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, I I know we didn't uh, chat about United against Aston Villa, but the less said about that game, the better. United should have lost that game. Look, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I really don't give a shit, man. Like, uh, we're playing so poorly with Ronaldo, without Ronaldo, whoever it may be. I know Ragnick needs some time to figure his stuff out. He hasn't got enough time to train the squad. I mm-hmm. I, I get all that. But at the same time, as I said, the guy is not helping himself. Scott McTominay, Scott McTominay scored early, and then and then you'd have thought that hey, we're gonna go out and just like pummel this team, or, or at least sit on the counter and do something. But I'll be honest, man, 
There's no gagging person I've seen on this team. Um, I, I, I people are calling it gagging depressing. Um, so I, I, I don't I don't I don't see that. I don't see any gagging person. Um, and uh, I'm just so disappointed, man. Like I really am. And maybe it's too early, but I'm not on that. I'm, I I am not on the on the on the Ragnik bandwagon anymore. I'm just kind of waiting to see what he does. Hopefully, yeah. in the next couple of months he improves. Hopefully, we can you know make a real good push uh for at least fa cup because i would like to see us win a trophy i don't care what it is just win something even though i didn't want the fa cup earlier this season yeah i would i would take the FA cup man like seriously straight i would even take the carabao cup that's how much i hated these cups uh i'll, I'll take them right um yeah. um but uh, i don't know if the team has the the tenacity or the endurance to be able to pull through right mm -hmm. that's my that's my biggest uh, worry with uh, uh, this these crop of players, and these crop of players are terrible. And Ragnik, man, like Frick, just save save your reputation, man. Save your reputation. Like it just drives me insane. This guy is he's so lectured and he's so understanding and he's so studious. He understands mm -hmm. the game, but to see him just play it. Set the team up in such a poor fashion with terrible players. Mm -hmm. Bench Maguire, play Phil Jones. Apparently, they're selling Bayi now or they're loaning Bayi. So it's like, what? What is happening? Okay, sure, you're gonna do all that stuff, right? But fuck, man, like, just force the team to play the way you want them to. And if you don't, get rid of them. Rashford, Mister PR. This guy doesn't. This guy doesn't play football anymore. All he wants to do is talk about you know, how he's making a difference in the world. And if you want to make a difference in the world, by so by all means, I, I back you for that. Like, you know, do do that. But at the same time, your football right now is crap. Yeah. <laughs> it's absolute crap. And that's what I judge you by. Not about all the beautiful things you've done for the kids in England. Because mm -hmm. you can do those things without being a Manchester United player. At this yep. stage, you have enough money in your bank that you can you can help those kids. You can you can even become a um what do you call it? I don't know, MP, MLA, whatever it was called in, in, in England. Mm -hmm. uh, you can become one of those, you know, and 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 really drive the change that you want to be through a, a, a politicized manner, right? Mm -hmm. But when it comes to football, nah, man, this guy is just not doing it. And it, oh, it just hurts, man, seeing what he's doing. And and now, you know, they, they want to sign him on a new contract. It's like he hasn't even earned the current contract that he's on. Then you yeah. want to give him a, a, an advanced new contract. This guy's making 200K a week. Mane yeah. was making 100K a week at that same time. It's just mm -hmm. ridiculous, man. Like, it's anyway, so, so many problems with this club. And I keep saying it United are done. People keep, people keep saying, oh, man, this is the worst prediction. I can't remember who it was that I argued back with back in the day. Um, he was with Northeast and uh, he loves Manchester United. And I kept telling him, Ole is not the guy. And United are done, and he would not listen to me. I wonder mm -hmm. where now, so I can remind him. I told you this stuff how many years ago, and now a lot of things are happening. Guys like United are not gonna come back the way we all think they're gonna come back as, and and uh, we're gonna be in the wilderness for a long time. And I think United fans haven't really fully accepted it. You know, we really haven't accepted accepted it. And the sooner we accept it, the sooner we can get away from this rut. And start to hold the crappy players accountable, because uh -huh. the problem right now is you go to other clubs, you go to Chelsea, high standards, City, high standards, Liverpool, high standards, 
Heck, even freaking Arsenal. They, they got rid of their stupid ass. Uh, I mean, even though it's not his fault, but um, Obama Young, they removed him from captain. And whether they're doing good or doing poor, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right? That they, they, just, they, they just held uh, Liverpool to a 0 0 for, with 10 yeah. men today. Yeah, they're setting their standards, right? Like, you know, they played terribly in the in the FA Cup and lost to Nottingham. But still, yeah, regardless... That was, a, that was a comedy show, man. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, and I would love to laugh at them, but we are worse, in my opinion. And, yes, we got we got through uh, Aston Villa. But, man, I, I like, Aston Villa could beat us this weekend. So we're playing against yeah. Aston Villa again, and they could beat us oh, this weekend. No. You guys are playing against Aston Villa this weekend? Yes, man. Yeah. Oh, so you're playing against Coutinho and Lucas yeah. Dinho. Yes. Oh, okay. The return. The return of those uh, of Coutinho. Uh, and uh, Lucas Dinho, I don't know why he had beef with, uh, you know, um, uh, Rafa, but uh, whatever it may be. Because he didn't, he didn't want to play him. He didn't want to play him, so he left. The Chelsea was actually, like, in the leading race, but they pulled out. They said they, yeah. wanna, they want to recall Emerson instead. Mm, mm. But Leon is saying no. They're trying to give him. They're trying to give them money. They're like we'll give you like five million to give us back our player. <laughs> <laughs> Leon is saying no because like they're top of the table, right? In in the oh, French. In oh, are they? Yeah, they're top of the table. Wow. And uh, basically, so that um, what he, these guys don't want it to happen. They're like, yo, like we we signed you guys. We signed him on a deal that didn't say that he was going to be coming back. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, call it back. Yeah. It's, the middle, it's the middle of the season. Why the hell are we going to give you fucking Emerson? Like, yeah. but Chelsea's sweating. They want it. They definitely want him back for sure because, you know, Tuko already said he's the one that I want. Like, mm-hmm. bring him back. So, because it, it, he, uh, I, I don't know if a lot of people under, uh, know because, like, during last season, Tuko would find ways to bring Emerson's name up in, in conferences. <laughs> yeah, you'll find ways to just bring out Emerson's name, like just a little bit, just to show him that he appreciates him and shit, right? But uh yeah. Leon is like I want to return back. So now I don't know if there's okay. yeah, he told Leon, he said, Yeah, I want to go back to Chelsea. Because obviously my my club needs me. And uh, the loan was just because, you know, I didn't have the opportunity. But now Chiwell's out. Alonso's not playing good. Reese James is out. So, pick your poison, right? So, yeah. Well, we'll I, I'm game. looking – by the way, I'm looking at the Ligon table and uh, PSG's top. So, is it PSG now? After yeah. that game, right? After that game, they played against no, each other. Leon aren't doing very well because I'm shocked you mentioned this because I I'm pretty sure I heard somewhere that Leon weren't doing very well. Leon are eleventh. Holy crap! Never mind. Give us our player back, Leon. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so you were looking at one one, not one. <laughs> um, I guess I guess they're they're fine. they gonna be fighting for relegation soon. That's why they're, <laughs> they're like, yeah, we're not letting it go, man. We need this. <laughs> Um, oh, I'm looking at it too. Nice is second now. Yeah, yeah, Nice is second. Nice, my, but PSG yeah, uh, off, off by a mile, eh? They're off by 11 yeah. points. I know. Uh, unless Pochettino bottled this one, he's going to uh, nah, secure it. I don't think he'll bottle this one. There's nobody there to challenge him properly. Yeah. So The, anyway, guy, the, guy, the guy who won it, the guy who 
Because, uh, what do you call it? Who's the defending champions? It's Lille, right? Uh, Lille, yeah. Lille is the defending yeah. champion. But then their manager left after winning it. So they, yep. they, they're in a sticky situation, right? So yeah. there's nobody like that guy to challenge them here, you know? But then well, um, Leon have a new coach, though, don't they? It's, uh, what's his name? Peter Bosch, right? Oh, Peter Bosch? Wasn't yeah. he with uh, Bayer Leverkusen? Yeah, he was. And he was also with uh, Borussia Dortmund as well. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, because I think, I think, I think, yeah, I think uh, Peter Bosch is, uh, is Leon's coach, Leon's manager. Mm. But um, he can definitely challenge, but he will challenge next next season of the season. Yeah. The guy is a good, he's a good, he's a good manager, man. Still, I still wonder sometimes why, uh, why Dortmund did him the way they did, you know what I'm saying? Oh, well. Anyway, the nature, the nature of the game. Yeah, nature of the game, man. But I think we're, I think that's it. We're, we're out of, uh, we're out, way out of time. But uh, this was a good show. Um, yeah. I hope a lot of people enjoyed it. Um, we're gonna call it, uh, call it a night, man. Like it's, it's been, it's been, it's been a while. But we're, you know, we're, um, you know, we, we, we've gotta, we've gotta, we've gotta go to bed. <laughs> I'm a bit tired. I'm exhausted. Yeah. I can't wait to I can't wait to go to soccer on Sunday, man. Need to get these guys back on track. Yeah, man. Awesome. We're playing Toby. EMFC. Okay. Perfect. EMFC. Maybe I'll I'll watch that game. Me and Z are gonna come catch it. But mm-hmm. uh, in the meantime, we just want to say oh, thank you. You need, you need to you need to watch this game though. The FC one against Lads is gonna be on Sunday too. Okay. Well, well, I don't think people are here to listen to FC One versus Lads, but uh, we want to say thank you, everybody, for <laughs> for uh, for uh, uh, listening to our show today. Uh, you know, please like, subscribe, share with your friends, do all the good stuff. Um, and uh, if you want, and if you don't want to, that's okay. Uh, but we thank you for lending us your ears. We hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your day, fantastic weekend, and then we will. Uh, chat uh, next uh, Monday. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Cheers.